Hello and welcome to the 108 podcast. I am Amanda. And I'm Raquel. And we are the Type 1 Together Girls. Yes, we are stripping down life with type 1 diabetes from two people who live different versions of it every single day. Please remember that Type 1 Together does not give medical advice. We are only sharing from personal experience. Yeah. Episode four. Woohoo. All right. So today we wanted to talk about all things vacation and traveling with type one because Amanda and I were both traveling last week and have lots to share. A lot to share. It was it was a fun week, but it was it was a rough week diabetes wise. And honestly, I feel like I'm still trying to catch up a yeah. little bit. <laughs> I completely agree with that. And it feels hard to both appreciate vacation and be so thankful for the ability to travel, but also be honest about the fact that it's really hard and frustrating to travel with diabetes sometimes. And it can make all the little things like 10 times more annoying because you're in a new place and you want to have like there's expectation to have so much more fun while you're there. So that's something that I was really struggling with. Like I didn't want to be negative about it, but it was really hard to manage. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's like like anything else in life. You can only handle so many challenges in a row and so many – like you can only handle being knocked down so many times in a row Mm -hmm. before you're just like wiped out and you kind of have a negative, I don't know, like viewpoint on everything, right? Yeah. It's almost like putting on instead of rose-colored glasses, like shit-colored glasses. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But do you know what I mean? So yes. I yeah, I got to this point where for a while I was feeling like, oh, no big deal or you know, when there's bad, good will always come after it or whatever and then eventually I got to this point where I was just like, nah, screw this. Yeah, it just <laughs> sucks sometimes, especially when you're trying to relax. Like Yeah. Sometimes diabetes doesn't let you relax and that is really frustrating. Yeah. But I- Yeah, it was worth it still overall for me at least, but tell us about your trip, Amanda. I was just going to say, I want to hear about yours. <laughs> we didn't we didn't discuss before we pressed play who was going to who was going to talk about it first. Okay. Well, I'll get into some stuff and I'm sure that you'll probably relate with a lot of it. Yeah. Um so I went to Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic and I was staying at an all-inclusive resort which was amazing. It was so so beautiful. And yeah, overall it was really fun. Um I think I mentioned on the last episode that I was nervous about the whole excursion experience. And basically we were taken on this boat to this like other little island where there was nothing really. And so that made me nervous. My gosh. Um, it wasn't that far, but it was, you know, an hour long boat ride. And then you're there all day long. So I was like, oh no, what if something goes wrong? So I brought syringes with me and extra insulin and I brought it in a cooler that I have. Um like a diabetes cooler by For All Family, which worked really well. Like it kept everything super cold, but um, yeah, it all went well. Honestly, <laughs> I was like, nothing really went wrong that day, but it was just interesting. Like I ended up getting there and being pretty stubbornly high. I was in the 200s mm-hmm. most of that day, which was frustrating because it was the most blue, clear, gorgeous water that I've ever seen. And I just remember like everyone was getting drinks. They were giving us lunch on the island and the Dominican, uh, their food, it's very 
heavy with carbs. <laughs> like yeah. they were saying that they eat rice and beans for every single meal. And so they were serving us like a Dominican cuisine, which was delicious. But everyone went to go sit down and eat. And I was like, oh, I'm 250 right now. Like I really shouldn't right now because I didn't want to feel worse. Like I already yeah. felt a little sluggish. And so I like kept giving insulin, more insulin, but just being in the sun all day was really impacting my numbers. Heat usually makes me spike quite a bit. And so eventually I just ate and it was fine and I came down, but it was yeah. definitely a little annoying. I have a question when you're dealing with that stuff. Do you feel like it's more related to like your biophysical process that's happening inside your body as it's reacting to heat? Or do you think it's like the heat affecting the potency of the insulin that's in your mm-hmm. pump? I think it's my body okay. for that situation. I think, yeah, I do think I was having a sight issue on the way back on the bus. I did a sight change because I was so fed up with the high. I was like, I'm just going to change it and hopefully it'll be better. But it still didn't really come down that fast. I don't know if it was the insulin because the insulin I was using for that new sight change was really cold. Um, but I think my body really reacts to my environment. Like even yeah. like whenever I'm stressed and then I finally laid my head down at the end of the night, my blood sugar will tank. Like any kind of stress on my body. Plus, so before we got to the island, they like take you to the sandbar area where it's just in the middle of the ocean, but it's really shallow water. And so we stopped there for 45 minutes and I took my pump off. So I was just in the water with my pump off and then they're giving you drinks in the water and, you know, we're getting snacks and whatever. And so the combination of everything I think just created a high for me, but yeah, it is possible that the insulin can go bad too. Yeah. No, I was just asking because, you know, we had a lot of similar issues and sometimes it was just like, I don't, I don't know what it is, you know, like it could be the heat and her physiology. It could be that we're on day two and a half for the pump and like the insulin is less potent because it's been in the heat more than it typically is. Or maybe it's the fact that like, she's having a growth spurt or like the adrenaline of seeing cousins and everything is keeping her sugars high, even though we're dosing appropriately and beforehand and giving corrections and we're doing all these things. Or is it that like she needs, she just simply needs more insulin right now and I'm unwilling to give it because I'm scared about her tanking because she had a terrible low Mm -hmm. this morning. You know, there's just, there's so yes. many factors. So many. And I bet you it was a combination of literally all of those things, which is not yeah. very helpful. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. Just being in a new environment alone. Like I think I forget how hard it is to manage blood sugar during the summer and during travel specifically. Like during the winter time, I've gone to a point where I think I'm coasting a lot of the time. But I feel like every summer I'm like, wow, this is so hard. I don't remember so it being hard. this hard. Yeah. yeah. What Did anything else happen? Are there any like – any anything that like anything good yeah. or bad yes. just whatever yes. highlight <laughs> okay let's see so i didn't get any altitude alarms on my pump which i don't know if i've shared about that on here but sometimes in the last few probably 6 months with my tslim pump it's a really old pump it's actually out of warranty and i have a new one i just haven't switched over yet um i've gotten altitude alarms whenever i've been coming down from being in an airplane so not until uh. we start coming back down to the ground I would get this alarm and it wouldn't deliver insulin and it would say that I need to change the cartridge and I wouldn't, it wouldn't work. 
And I ended up realizing that after 30 to 45 minutes, it would just work again. And so what I would do on planes is I would just give myself a little extra insulin like right before we started descending so that I knew I was going to be fine. But I really should just change my pump. I'm just being stubborn. I'm trying to make this one last as long as I can. (laughs) Um, But I didn't get that at all, which was so exciting. And then security ended up being super easy too. They did take my backpack to the side and take out the insulin cooler I was talking about because it has like a frozen pack in there. Mm -hmm. And they thought it was a water bottle. I was like, oh, it's insulin. And they had me open it and it was all fine. Um, And on the way back, actually going through customs, they didn't even question anything. It was like way too easy. I was kind of surprised. So that was great. Um, There were a few moments where we were in the pool and most of the days were spent in the pool (laughs) and the beach, like running from one to the other, which is really challenging with a pump. Yeah. That's one reason why, you know, tubeless might be a better option for those situations um, where I felt drunk or low. Like I literally told Kevin, um, I need to get out because I cannot tell if I'm tipsy right now or if I'm low. And yeah. I didn't know because my Dexcom wasn't working. So we were laughing about it, but it was kind of annoying. So I'd get out and I'd wait five to ten minutes for my Dexcom yeah. to reconnect. And then I'd see that I was not, in fact, low. <laughs> um, you're, you're, I don't think having, any of you're having a good time. I was. And <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any crazy things except one night, I guess, I really did tank. Like I was high all day and then super low at night. And I made Kevin stay awake with me, which was kind of funny. But I was getting kind of mad. I was like, you're not going to sleep. You always like he is more than happy to. I never ask him to yeah. stay awake. But I was like, you're going to stay up with me because you get to just sleep whenever you want. And I have to wait for my number. And he was so sweet about it. Um, But I think I have been getting little moments of resentment towards some people. That sounds so bad. But if I'm being really honest, it's like so crazy to me that people can just go to sleep without thinking about it, eat anything, like drink pina colada while you're there, like do all the things, not have to worry about getting out of the pool, checking your blood sugar, all of those things. Um. It just kind of hits you more, I think, when you do travel. Again, you're not able to totally relax in that way. Yeah. But eventually my blood sugar came up. But it was the weirdest thing. We were texting that night, I think, because I was really low and Hattie was having some sort of issue. Oh, my gosh. Her too, pump remember? issue. Yes. yes. I was only going up one point every five minutes. Like, you know, yes. you wait and you're like, okay, this is the one I'm going to go to sleep. And then it would be like 64, yeah. 65. And then eventually went back down. It was so annoying. Um what happened with Hattie that night? Um, I can get into it yeah. later, but basically her pump failed and it was screeching. Yes. Yes. So annoying. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't like anything big that happened overall, just typical diabetes things. And overall, I didn't check my Dexcom Clarity report until I was back. And I think I was like 80 something percent in range, which was much, much better than I thought in my head. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you kind of like look at the big picture, usually it's not as bad as you think. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> Except yeah. for, I will say, that not this year, but last summer, we went to Lake Tahoe like two weeks before we were able to get her on the pump. And we knew it was bad. I could feel how bad it was. There was one day where I gave her literally 18 injections because she would not come down. And I was so yeah. scared of her developing ketones. And, yes. Um, going into DK. And uh, yeah, our time and range, I think was 16% or something like yeah. that. I, I had mean, days like that for sure. It was <laughs> terrible. And I was just yeah. like, 
get us off MDI. I cannot yes. do this anymore. Yeah. Um, just I mean, a, I that's a personal experience, but yeah. I definitely have I think yesterday I was like in the 200s for a lot of the day and I couldn't figure out why, but I did have like someone comment on one of my posts about the whole experience the day that I was super high at the island. Um, like saying, oh, that's not bad for a vacation or whatever. And I really want to make sure that it's clear. I'm not saying that it's bad to have those numbers. Like mentally, I wasn't mad at myself for it. I was doing the best I could, but I didn't feel great. That's yeah. what was so annoying. Like I just didn't want to feel so sluggish anymore, especially when you're already out there at the beach and you're kind of like hot and sweaty. You just want to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. That's especially hard. because like vacationing in the summertime is always like it's fun. It is fun. But yeah. even for people who don't have diabetes, like myself and my husband, at the end of every single vacation we go on, we yes. both are like, okay, we're eating clean. We're taking some time off drinking. Like we're getting back into a workout routine because even just being out of your routine and doing normal vacation stuff leads you to feel less than your optimal self. Yes. Or can at least. So then add tough blood sugars, I can only imagine like the compounding feeling of just yuck. Yes. Also, last thing I think, but my Dexcom fell off the first <laughs> day I was there. Although it was on its last like two days anyway, so I wasn't that mad about it. But I was like trying to time putting a new one on when I wasn't going to be in the water because I really mm -hmm. noticed that whenever you are sweaty or you're swimming or in the shower, like a couple hours before or after putting it on, it doesn't stick to your skin as well, even if you use skin tack. And so that was kind of tricky. Um, but then I ended up putting a skin grip patch over it and it literally is still on. I'm showing it in the camera. I know y'all can't oh, see yeah. it, but it is so well on. I was like swimming every single day and there's so many tape companies that I love um, and I switch between them all every single time I change my site, I yeah. feel like. But I will say the skin grip stayed on so well, but I made sure to put it on when I was going to be dry, which is so important. I think we actually have a discount code. I think it's just Raquel if anyone is looking for something. Um, but yeah, that is a good thing. That's a win. <laughs> yes, that is a win for sure. Well, okay. Besides diabetes, was it yeah. like fun? Yes, it was so <laughs> fun. What was the what was your favorite part of being in the Dominican oh, Republic? Honestly, swimming in the ocean. I used to be so scared of going in the ocean. I have this obsession with sea life. You know this about me. I like, yeah. love aquariums and stuff. Um, but I've always been really scared of like being in the water and not knowing if there's anything behind me or under me, even if it's not going to hurt me. I don't know why. It's a mental thing. But lately, I've been swimming more in the ocean, and it's the most refreshing happy thing ever like I I want to be one of those California girls since I live here now that like actually goes to the ocean and, like goes for a dip but I'm not quite there yet I will say the clear water there made it a lot easier um but I don't know I just I never feel better than when I'm just like in the sun I think like the salt water is so good for you too yes. like my skin was thriving like it was just nice and so I really really enjoyed that part of it yeah that's awesome it was fun. I'm so glad I you hear took about a week off. I'll, yeah, I'll get into it. Yeah. You needed you needed a week off. I'm proud of you for doing that. <laughs> Thank you. I only checked my off. email once. Yes. And I only like went to look at one email that I knew that I needed to respond to. I didn't look at the rest. And I feel like now that I'm back, I'm less like addicted. That's a weird word for it. But I feel like <laughs> I've just been so like 
on my email, like automatic. Oh my gosh. I literally <laughs> kept clicking the app that was next to my mail app on accident because like my brain just automatically goes there. Does that ever happen to you with Dexcom? Like when you're in a Dexcom warmup? Yep. Like you just yep. click it and you're like, oh, I don't have readings. I already know this, but your brain just does it. That's how you know you're like so in sync with it. And so it was such a good like cleanse from all of that. And everything's fine, right? Even though, you know, it's our business, it's still alive. So yeah. we're good. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> yes. All right. It's my turn. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> um, I wish you guys sometimes I wish you guys could see us. And other times I'm really glad you can't because I yes. just stared at Rika like, and wait, what's <laughs> happening now? <laughs> We're doing great. It's fine. Episode um, four. I definitely woke up at 5 a.m. So, wow. uh-huh, yeah. Um, that's when I noticed Hattie's uh, blood sugar was high most of the night, as in like 180 to 200, yeah. which again, like you said earlier, is not necessarily a bad thing but it is not our norm and that's not how she spends most of her nights and so I was very anxious and like woke up and you know checked her pump phone to see what was going on turns out it switched to manual mode on its own wow um, uh-huh in the middle of the night and so she was getting a very old basal rate <laughs> that was oh. first uh-huh that was first prescribed when we very first got on the pump one year ago. So there's a little tip for any of you out there who are new to pump life or I don't know who maybe haven't experienced that yet is um, every once in a while you can go through the history detail on the Omnipod 5 and you can see how many units total of insulin your child is getting daily. And then from there, you can do some some basic mental math to figure out what their basal would be because it splits up. It tells you like what their total insulin is each day and then what the total amount of like basal from the auto mode yeah, is yeah. and how much... Um, That's a great you know, tip. Wow. Yeah. It's really helpful. And so I was like, oh... Good, good, good. So the basal profile that was set up when we very first got on Omnipod 5 was set for like a total units of like 3, 3.5 units of basal per day. Mm -hmm. And she's currently requiring like five or six. So. <laughs> yeah. Wait, does Omnipod, um, does that, does it give auto boluses or only basal? It gives... <sighs> Only well, I don't. I don't. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna preface my answer by saying I am not trained by Omnipod yes. Five. Like <laughs> this is not sponsored, and I yes. could totally be wrong. And yeah, I acknowledge that I could be wrong. And yes. if you really feel the need to correct me, go ahead and <laughs> and I love I'll, it. <laughs> I just don't ever want people to think like. This mom thinks she knows everything because I totally no. don't. Diabetes do is think? about learning. Yes. Anyway, okay. I think if you are in auto mode on Omnipod 5, it adjusts your background insulin. So you don't technically have a basal rate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're in auto mode, right? So it's just like giving, for us at least, 0.05 
to 0.15 units every five minutes or zero. Like Mm -hmm. obviously it suspends insulin if, if the sugars need the suspension to happen. But, um, what I have found is when we very first started and the pump was a lot more conservative and Hattie's ratios were a lot smaller than they are right now, meaning she required less insulin because, you know, it was a year ago and she's a growing child, that the pump would only allow itself to give up to 0.05 units every five minutes. So even if she was going from, let's say, like 150 to 180 in a five-minute time frame, the pump in auto mode would spit out 0.05. Yeah, really, it probably needed to spit out 0.35 or whatever. But it's highly conservative unless you teach it otherwise. Yes. Yeah. So that's something that I've figured out in time. I don't know. So different than T-Slim. Yes. What's T-Slim like? T-Slim does give auto boluses as well if you're in the normal mode or I think maybe just the normal mode, maybe exercise mode. In sleep mode, it only raises or lowers your basal. Okay. But so it's less aggressive, but it has a lower target in sleep mode. But I sometimes use it as a tool, like it'll be in sleep mode at night because I want to be as close to 110 as possible, which is the target number. But if I'm a little higher and I know that I only feel comfortable giving myself a certain amount before bed, but I might end up needing another bolus, then I'll just leave it in the normal auto mode. And that way it'll continue to give me actual boluses throughout the night until Mm. I'm down and it'll only bring me to 120, but I'd rather be that than, you know, even higher. And so I'll just go to sleep, which is really, really nice. Okay. So instead of sleep mode, you just leave it as is and it gives you more aggressive boluses of insulin, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't let you get as far down to prevent the low. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. And. I actually used that last night because my roommates, uh, one of them made cinnamon rolls last night and they were all eating them like right before bed. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is one of the hardest foods to bolus for because of the delayed fat content, Mm -hmm. you know? But I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, I don't even care. (laughs) So I ate one and I went to bed and then I was totally fine when I went to bed. But then of course, like two hours after I woke up to pee and I was 205. Okay. I was like, okay. So I turned, I gave a bolus and I turned off sleep mode. Yeah. So that it would keep bolusing me. And then I woke up at like 103. So it was perfect. How big um, are it, the, sorry, how big are yeah. the auto boluses? That's that, what I was actually going to say. Oh, really? um, it only gives 60%, I want to say. That could be the wrong number, but it gives a percentage of what your normal bolus would be for that number. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious if like maybe Omnipod with, with like an adult, you know? Yeah. And, with an adult with bigger numbers does something different that I just like don't know. Um, Yeah. But well, we're going to have more conversations about all of this stuff also with um, Meg, our nutritionist. She uses Omnipod and has so many good tips. So more to come on this and we'll have more proper information. I know. I can go back to all of our issues (laughs) that we had on vacation. (laughs) Yes. So, okay. I'm going to do just like, a recap of all the stuff that happened because it was honestly a shit show of a week diabetes wise. So Hattie tends to go high when we're on an airplane, like her body just 
naturally reacts by having higher blood sugars when we're at higher elevation. Yep. And airplanes are also tough because you're seated for a lot longer. You're not moving as mm-hmm. much and you're like snacking, right? Yes. And so that happened on the way, but we were pretty good about giving bolses before it got too high because for us in our experience, if we start seeing her jump up above like honestly 120, 130, if we yeah. can give smaller micro bolses like 0.2 or 0.3, we tend to catch it and it's a lot easier to manage instead of letting her get all the way up to 180, 200, 220. Oh, yeah. Because then it's kind of like a crapshoot whether or not the bolus that the pump suggests is going to be too little, too much, or just right. Yes. Because it's yes, all yes. super dependent on timing of her meals and activity that's coming up and sleep and whatever. So we did that. But with that being said, that is not realistic. It's not a realistic way to live all the time unless you are in the mindset of like, I am holding a pump phone for every waking hour of my life. And I personally am uninterested in that lifestyle. For oh, right now. yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I bet. And so, yeah, that was fine. And I don't think we got, no, we didn't get delayed. Everything was fine. We got there. And that first night was no big deal, I want to say. And then the next day she ripped off her pod. (laughs) And um, just because we're swimming, you know, we were there with my husband's, sorry, I didn't even say where we went. We went to Destin, Florida. We go to Destin, Florida every summer for my husband's extended family. There's typically 20 to 30 people in one house. And it's so fun. It's all his aunts and uncles and his dad and um, cousins and whatever. And I'm very close with them. And so, yeah, we're there and the house that we stay at has a pool and it's also walking distance to the beach. So it's just a lot of opportunity for diabetes mishaps to happen. And they did. (laughs) So yeah, day one, she ripped off a pod that was only like a day and a half old. And then we put a brand new one on. And then day two, we put her to bed and she fell asleep and was only asleep for like 30 minutes to an hour. And I strangely enough went to go give her like an applesauce or something because I saw that she had dropped from like 75 to 66. And for us, when we see a 10 point drop like that, that usually means she's going to keep dropping. Um, And I could feel it wasn't a compression low, you know, there was something different about it. And uh, I walk in and I just hear screeching coming from both the pump phone and the pump itself that's on her body. And I, yeah, like go to her little bed and the four of us, myself, my husband and our two kids were all sharing a room. And so, you know, luckily the sound machine was on for the almost two year old to like sleep and she was sleeping through it, but it was loud. That screeching was loud. And Hattie kind of like sat up and looked at me and she's like, mom, my pump's making noise. And she was calm and she was okay, but I could tell she was a little freaked out. And like there's so many emotions there, right? As a parent where everything was going through my head so quickly where I thought to myself, 
were you scared and you were frozen in fear? Like, why didn't you wake up and come find me? Because she had already done that multiple times just in the two nights that we had been there. Um, Meaning she knew how to get out of the room and come to the main area. And like, if she didn't come find me and it's been making this noise for however long, did she think she was going to be in trouble? Just like so many things that are just like, this is so shitty and unfair that my three, almost four-year-old has to deal with this. But I scooped her up and quickly grabbed our um, medical supply bag, which has like literally everything for diabetes in it, which is really nice to have to only grab one thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I hustled her downstairs with um, the rest of the family and all the adults were awake at this point. It was like 9.45 or something. And everyone stopped and was staring at her and, you know, like they're family, but we do only see them one to two times a year and she's three. So yes, they're family, but they're also strangers to a three-year-old. And luckily they caught on quickly. They're really, um, they're really like excellent people who have good social awareness and emotional awareness. So they kind of like figured out that Danny and I had it covered right away and they went about their business. But I had to do that because I had to get that screeching away from all of the quiet bedrooms and all the sleeping kids upstairs, you know? Anyway, so had to rip it off. That was the only time she cried because it was such a fresh one, but the adhesive was still so sticky. Um, And then my husband like grabbed the pod and went outside and he ended up having to smash it with a rock. Oh, yeah. I've seen people do that. (laughs) Yes. And we know the trick of like sticking something in the hole. Um, There's like a hole on the back of the Omnipod 5. You stick something in it and it basically like deactivates it because you can't stop it from the the pump phone. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what this error means. Like it's – I think it's an occlusion error. I don't know why it happened. Like Danny, my husband inspected it and he didn't see a kink. He didn't see a clot. Maybe it was like the humidity, the going underwater, the going in the beat in the Mm -hmm. ocean, you know, like, I don't know. Anyway. And then we had to put a fresh pump on her and she was interested in filling it with me and she was excited to show her pump decorations to her aunties and it all ended up being fine. But I think the thing that really like kind of knocked the wind out of me in that scenario was she, for the two days that we had been there on both those nights had like refused to go to bed. She just wanted to hang out with the adults And this, after this experience, she looked at me and said, can I please go to sleep now? And I was just like, oh, like you are, you are tired. You're emotionally drained. You have to be brave and tough and strong. And now you're tired, so tired that you're willing to bypass the opportunity to stay up late with the grownups the way you've wanted to, you know, it's just like little things like that are just randomly heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. So that was like the biggest thing. But then we also had a ripped off Dexcom. We had, we went through, I brought 10 pods for a seven day trip 
And we went through five of them. Wow. Yeah. That's, so yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then just, you know, typical, a lot of um, highs, stubborn highs, lows that happen out of nowhere because of swimming and whatever. And um, just challenging blood sugars overall. And not to mention like you're in a new place. And so they typically want junk food, you know, like I was about to ask, like, how did you handle the food situation being there? Well, so again, luckily with Danny's side of the family, the way they do it is one person goes shopping at the beginning of the week. And then every day, whoever is like out and about doing whatever will stop off at the store. And then they all put their receipts in a pile at the end of the trip. And then we all like, you know, attempt to divide it as evenly as possible um, or as fairly as possible. And yeah, so there were a lot of healthy options, but my girls didn't want the healthy options. And I really think that's part of being out of your element. You know what I mean? Where like you want the stuff that's comfortable and familiar and not the stuff that's boring. Like, sorry, but steamed broccoli is boring. Yep. And for so, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, like I've said before, I really try to make most food decisions for Hattie based on what would I say if you didn't have diabetes? What would I say if you were just my child with no chronic illness and, you know, how, how would I react to this? So you want one piece of birthday cake? Yes. You want a second huge piece? No, you've had candy and a sip of soda already. You don't need a second kind of thing. So yes. Yeah. That's how I went about it, but the sugar's paid for it. Um, (laughs) well, yeah, I guess I didn't say that with my situation, but like it was hard because I let myself eat whatever I wanted. Like I was also eating healthy when I could, but I, got all these sugary cocktails because that's what I wanted and I had paid so much to go on this trip and I wasn't going to not do it, you know? And being in the water was helpful at times because even though my pump was off, if I was going up, I would give a little bit and then I would swim a couple laps and I'd be dropping really fast. So that's when swimming is a great tool. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's harder to manage when you let yourself eat everything. So it's kind of like, what do you value more in that moment? And for me, I wanted to eat the good food. Yes. (laughs) That is, that's exactly the key. Like I hate the contention and the kind of like piss and vinegar that is in the diabetes space of I'm like low carb or keto or like super healthy or whatever versus, well, I get to eat whatever I want. It's, it shouldn't be about that. It should really just be about like what works for you, your mental health, your body, so that Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you fall asleep and feel like this was a great day and I feel good. And like, you know, does that mean some days you like eat less carbs because eating less carbs makes diabetes easier to manage? It just does. It does. And that's wonderful. That's an amazing tool. And some people value that 
most of the time and other people value that some of the time. And like, I think, I don't know, I'm just so passionate about sifting through all that. I feel like yes. and letting and letting bygones be bygones and just being like, okay, we all are dealing with type one in one way or another. Now let's have the conversation about what makes you like feel good. Yeah. Yes. And you can change what that is yes. every week or every day or whatever. Or every hour. Every hour. Yeah. Like we actually had someone put in their mental health Monday today. Um, I loved this. They were saying like they're feeling really burnt out and they don't know if they're ready to take on that next level of management. And I oh, very I much that am too. in that mindset sometimes. So whoever that was, thank you for sharing if you're listening. Um, but I, I've been there where it's like, oh, I either am going all in or I'm not. But I've been really trying to adopt this approach of it's okay if like tomorrow I feel like I can have that next level of management, but today I really just can't do it, you know? And it doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach with food or with how, you know, on top of your management you are. Like it's just not realistic to be perfect all the time, but it's really hard, especially with certain personalities, because I can be very type A in that way where it's like, well, if I'm going to commit, I'm going to go all in, I'm going to be a hundred percent in range and Ugh, it's just not freaking possible. No, it's not. Honestly, I <laughs> um Zoloff sponsor us. I am so <laughs> grateful <laughs> to my Zoloff that f- for those of you who are maybe new to this podcast or like new to knowing my story, I have been medicated for over a year because I had a really severe mental breakdown after the di- diagnosis. And like I honestly feel like being medicated and really just like quieting my anxious thoughts and anxious energy um, has helped me get to that exact headspace where it isn't all or nothing because it used to be all and then burnout and then it was nothing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, you know, and now it's like, okay, like we managed during vacation. Were our numbers where they usually are? No. Or were they where I wanted them to be? A lot of the times. Like, was it challenging? Yeah, I'm tired, you know? And then I let it be what it was. And today, for whatever reason, actually, no, I know why, for what reason. Because it was the second night in a row that her pump went into manual mode overnight. I need to figure out what is going on or if it's just the pump phone. I actually just got email from Omnipod today saying they're going to send me a new pump phone because I think like after a year it might oh have I don't know yeah yeah um but I just felt like today was a new day fresh I woke up at five I got my coffee in and I'm so determined to keep her in range today and let her feel good and we have a um uh, an appointment with her endo at the end of the week. So I'm curious. This is a whole other topic. Sorry, but I'm curious what her A1C is going to be because it, yeah, we were, we were pretty steady, pretty run of the mill for a while there. And then we just had, we had a really tough last few weeks with all of our travel and with the heat. Yeah. So yeah. That's okay. I love I know. how open you've been about it all. 
and I've also been struggling. I felt weird because I posted a mental health Monday today being like, life's been hard. So diabetes, of course, has been even harder because the two just go together when it rains, it pours. And obviously, like I had such a beautiful vacation. There's other things in my life going on that have been challenging. And on top of that, with the traveling, like diabetes was just a pain. So that's just where I'm at, you know? Yeah. It's and okay, okay, but I'm so thankful. Yes. Yeah. So what was your favorite moment besides diabetes, like you asked me? <laughs> okay. I will say there's this really adorable spot, um, like just outside of Destin called Seaside. And mm-hmm. Yes, I've heard of that. It looks yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Or like 504A or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. That might be the wrong <laughs> I'm sure Wait. that's the wrong number. I think it's something else, but yeah, I, I think I'm about. thinking of the 504 plants. <laughs> it does have a four in it. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. Yes. Okay. Thanks. So that uh just the four of us went and it was so fun. The shopping is so cute. We went to like this adorable tiki bar that had really delicious, kind of like Hawaiian-based food. Um. And the girls were like sweet and pretty well behaved for toddlers in a restaurant. And then, you know, I, my husband and I had talked about, okay, let's, let's do one toy each on vacation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Hattie picked out this teeny tiny little pink clutch with a pearl handle and it's like sparkly. And it's just so funny because I went into raising kids with the idea that I was going to be very, very gender neutral with them and like not force one or the other and like present dolls and trucks to all (laughs) of my kids, you know, from the beginning and they can just like choose. But both of my girls are very feminine. They love, (laughs) yes, they're very girly. Um, And it's fun. That was just, it, it was a core memory. For whatever reason, Aww. there's just something special. It's so silly shopping with your no, kids. I love like, it. You can do that anywhere, but there's something about like being in a, a yes. cutesy little spot like that. Um, yeah, love so it. that was good. And then there was one night too where um, the adults. It's funny because there's like <laughs> the elders, which are you know my my father-in-law and all yes. his siblings, and then the uh, young the adults, adults. are like those of us who are 28 to like 38 and we all are married with kids. And then there's the younger adults who are like 18 to 26. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the 18 to 38ers, it's yes. so fun now that we're all adults in, yeah. in that way because we all like really enjoy hanging out and stuff. And we put, we all put our kids to bed and then we decided to go crabbing on the beach my oh my my cousin-in-law's wife who's like one of my best friends I love her so much she is so out there in the best way and she was like we're going crabbing take (laughs) shots and she made all this take shots and then we went to the beach and you shine a light and these tiny little sand crabs like scurry around and you have to pick them up as fast as you can and (gasps) put them in a bucket and it was like a boy versus girl cousin thing and it was hilarious so that was another amazing core memory so fun (laughs) yeah it was silly i love it all right well these go fast. We are at the 43 minute mark here. We are. They go really, really fast. Um, 
I think I didn't run this by you before, but we should do a little announcements at the end of the episode just so people know other things happening in Type One Together world. Yeah, let's do so, it. So, um, I do want to mention that we are running our third round of the Type One Grandparents course starting in September. Um, enrollment's going to open at the end of August, and that is myself and Anna Sabino, who is one of our diabetes educators. We run that together with a group of grandparents, a six-week-long video course where you get to talk with us every week, and we teach all about diabetes management and just also give these grandparents a way to vent because they have their own versions of you know what it's like to have kids who have kids with diabetes and how they want to help them and be close to their grandkids and relate to them and all the things. Um, so I want to mention that. And... All the other normal things are still, of course, happening. Our babysitter list is growing very, very fast. I think we have like 1,200 people on it now, which is wild across wow. the country. And so many people in other countries now, too. That's, you know, it's slowly building on that side. But it's crazy that we're getting people from everywhere. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting. And our course is available. Yeah, if yeah. anyone um, – if anyone is new here and you found us through the podcast first, welcome and thanks for being here. Uh, if you have a newly diagnosed child or even if you have family members, friends, coaches, teachers, whatever, who want to know the basics of type 1 diabetes, Raquel and I have an online video course that's broken up into eight modules. It's 90 minutes total of content and we go through all of the basics of type 1 diabetes, everything we wish we knew in our first six months after diagnosis. And it's explained in easy to digest, you know, plain language so that you walk away from that course going, okay, I understand what type 1 diabetes is and now I know how to advocate for my kid better. And now I know how to ask the questions. Now I know what to push for. Yes. Um, you know, it's it's been helpful uh, for a lot of people and we're, we're getting some good reviews. So thank you to those of you who have purchased and thank you to those of you who have written reviews and we really appreciate it. We really, really do. Thank you. And I guess one of our newer resources is also an ebook by Meg, who's again our type one together nutritionist, and she lives with type one. Um, and it's all about eating with diabetes, and you can print it out. It has so much good info in there. So definitely check that out on our site. People are loving that. Yeah, lately. that one is so good, you guys. Yes. Yeah. And please all the things. Follow, like, sorry, <laughs> I said like too, which is wrong. We well, still I was gonna say follow <laughs> us on Instagram and TikTok yes, at Type TikTok. One Together. Yes, and we have a Facebook group. Um, yes. and then and it's called the Type One Together Parent Community. Yes, and sorry, if you need ahead. to email us, we're at um, info at Type One Together dot com. And we have our Honey Health uh, app, which is – sorry, the app is called Honey Health. Our group is called the Super Parents Community. And we have been uploading so, so, so much good content in there that is only going to be on that app. It's never going to be on Instagram or anywhere else. And so for the most part, um, if you want any of that exclusive content from Amanda, myself, Meg, our diabetes educators – Go check that out for sure. And there's also an awesome chat there where you can just connect with other parents. It's kind of nice to be off social media sometimes. And so I love that we have that little community. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice little chat room. Just a simple, hey, this tough thing happened to me today. And you just get a few likes and you know you're not alone without being bombarded by the wave of social media. Yes. And we can put all of these links in the show notes, I believe. And so we can try to make that happen. Um, But we'll leave you all with that. Please rate, subscribe, review. Those are the words. There we go. It came to me. And we will see you every Tuesday. You're fine. Yes. (laughs) Bye. In classic, <laughs> classic form, Hattie just ran and said, I need to go potty. I need to go potty. Oh my gosh, sometimes she go. wants my help and sometimes she doesn't. So she doesn't want my help right now. <laughs> she just had to tell okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Um, we will see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Bye.